Pretty good one. Does, are you interested in the, interested in the intro? Or do you click to the background? Ed? Does it go up? That's the wrong but Hang on. Sorry, guys. Yeah, hello, hello everyone. I'll do the intro in a minute. I'll just have a few technical problems. Let me just scroll down. Scroll down a bit. Keep going down. No, they keep going down. Keep going down. Without rolling, I think. Keep going. Yeah. The, the last, very last one. Keep going down. Yeah, go up, that one. It is. It is. Yeah, click it. Okay, sorry about that, everyone. Good evening, Aston Villa fans. Welcome to the Villa Forever podcast. I am your host, Chad Williams. First of all, before we get started, if you're new to this channel, you you, you can hit, please hit subscribe, and you can follow me on all audio platforms, including Spotify, Amazon Music and Apple Podcasts. Subscribing is completely free. You'll help me out massively. And it really helped the channel grow. This evening, I'm joined by my special guest, George Zielinski. Thank you for stepping in tonight. Uh, pleasure, Chad. Always good to join you on the show. Who is the co-host and all villa, no villa. I'll be doing the pre-match talk show. Sheffield United versus Aston Villa. Saturday, it's a 5pm kickoff. Can Aston Villa bounce back after a disappointing defeat against Newcastle? Aston Villa currently sits fifth in the Premier League table after after Spurs won and they've got a better goal difference so fortunately we dropped to fifth place and the, the last time Sheffield United and Aston Villa met each other was at the 23rd of December at Villa Park it finished in a dramatic one all draw I think it was Zaniolo to the rescue. I'm hoping for a better outcome this time. It's a pleasure to have you on the show again, George. How are you? Yeah, very well. I've just about got over the um, defeat to Newcastle a couple of days ago. That was tough to take. But um, yeah, hoping for a better performance and a result this weekend, that's for sure. Well, well so before we get into the Newcastle guy, I was going to talk about Chelsea. I just want to say you're doing a good job on the all villa no filler. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, a lot of it is Frankie's doing. To be fair, he's um, Frankie is great as well. He's very, he's very proactive, and he and he's um, he obviously cares a lot about the club as we all do. So um, yeah, appreciate that, and um, yeah, just happy to do it. I mean, it's great to talk about the villa any chance I get. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a great season despite the recent blip. And, um, yeah, hopefully we've got a lot to celebrate between now and May. Well, the last podcast you did was very, inform- was very informative. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, I hope um, I hope it was. I hope people enjoy listening to it. I mean, as I say, you know, everybody listening is probably a Villa fan themselves, and they they like hearing about the club. They like hearing fans talk about the club. So, um, so yeah, hopefully they can enjoy more of the same today. So yeah. So what did you make of the Chelsea guy? Did he have like a fourth round? It was. Um, it was tight. I mean, obviously it finished nil-nil, uh, which reflects that. I think Chelsea did have the majority of um, of the chances and the, and the play in the first half. I think I think we were, in some respects, fortunate to, to get in at half-time uh, nil-nil. But in the second half, I think we sort of came into our own a bit more. We looked a lot more comfortable on the ball. I think we certainly made it more of a game against the Chelsea side, who, OK, last night they struggled against Liverpool, but up until that point were, were sort of looking slightly resurgent, slightly more confident uh, in themselves and, and certainly at Stamford a difficult place to go or at least has been historically. So I think to force a replay um, at Villa Park is a is a decent result. I'm not entirely sure another game in our busy football schedule is is, is what we all wanted, but I'm, yeah. I'm hopeful and confident that, that we can do the business um, at Villa Park. And and then we've got a real chance of progressing in the competition. You know, we, we'd face either Leeds or, or Plymouth in, yeah. in next round. So you'd like to think at home again. So you'd like to think that we'd have a decent chance of progressing there. Because I think in that game, it was quite a boring game. Not much went on, really. It was one of those uneventful games, really. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think as, as nil-nils tend to be, um, not particularly exciting. Uh, quite attritional, uh, I think it's fair to say. Not much quality. And I think that's kind of where we've struggled in recent games. Um, you know, as we saw again against Newcastle, um, we're sort of struggling to get the ball into those key areas. And and and, and Watkins, as I said, against, against Newcastle and against Chelsea, just looked a bit starved of service. And it's certainly something that we need to address heading into the Premier League game against uh, Sheffield United on Saturday. Can it remind me a little bit like a guy in the chest? You know, Henry and Pochettino going against each other, a bit like a guy in the chest. Yeah, I mean, you know, two world-class managers, really. I think Pochettino's got a bit more to prove at Chelsea. Um, obviously, we all know what Emery's done at Villa in the in the months that he's been with us. So, um, so yeah, you know, it was one of those ones where, you know, two half-decent sides were, uh, were going up against each other and they sort of seemed to cancel each other out. Yeah, I think it was with both teams. I didn't really do enough win the game. I mean, Chelsea and Austin Villa, they're creating a lot of chances, but there wasn't really many clear-cut opportunities. Yeah, I think, as I say, a lot of the play was sort of nullified quite a lot. Um, it wasn't, as you mentioned, the, the, the greatest sort of spectator event, to be honest. And I, and I don't think either side would have really wanted a replay. I mean, we talk about the football schedule being busy as it is. So it's 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 not ideal, but you know, we're still in the competition. It, it's not a stage of the FA Cup that we've been in, in 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 many years. The FA Cup hasn't been particularly kind to us in, in recent years. So it would be nice if we take them back to Villa Park and, and make it an event, um, get the crowd behind the team and try and progress uh into the next ground. Because as I said, looking at our opposition, if we do beat Chelsea. You've got a real chance of um, of going pretty far in the, in the competition. Because yeah, I like a good day at Wembley. It'd be nice to get a good cup run. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people who are listening will remember us reaching the FA Cup final a few years ago. You know, Jack Grealish against Liverpool in the semi-final. You know, some great memories there. Obviously, the final itself against Arsenal wasn't uh, won't live long in the memory for Villa fans. But um, 
it's yeah i mean it's it's where you want to go we obviously got to the effort we got to the the league cup final when dean smith was mm-hmm. manager again uh you know a defeat against man city there but mm-hmm. um we're getting to wembley is is what we want to do we're we're a, we're a big club we want to get to finals we want to win finals we haven't won, won one of those for a while so yeah it'd be nice to it'd be nice to go as far as we can because yeah, in 2015 Tim Sherman took us to the FA Cup final. I remember Tim Sherman. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he he was a bit of a character, wasn't he? Um, you know, he was he was brought in to try and to try and steady the ship, and and he did, to be fair, in the first few months, and it didn't go particularly well the, the season after where we went down. Um, not entirely his fault, obviously. There were a few other issues at hand there, but um, yeah, no, he got us to that. He got us to that final, and that was um, a nice distraction wasn't it, to, to kind of the struggles in, in the league. Yeah, because I'm thinking the Chelsea guy, I was impressed with Matty Cash. Very lively. He ran into a lot of plenty of spice. Got in some good positions as well. He did, yeah. And he forced a decent save, didn't he, in the second half? You know, I think that was our, our best chance, wasn't it, where he sort of cut inside and um forced Chelsea's keeper was it Pekovic into a into a decent decent stop so um he certainly created the best chance of the game and um he's one of those players that this season I think has been a bit of a um a scapegoat for our sort of perhaps dip in form in in recent uh weeks which I think is a little bit unfair I I I do like him as a player I think he works really hard um I think he's um he has been in and out of the side which is never easy uh, Emery's played concert on, on the right hand side for a few times, and um, you know, so he has been in and out. I think he's he's had a couple of fitness issues too. So it, so it's a bit unfair. Um, so hopefully he can he can start to play himself into a bit better form um, and uh, and finish the season strongly. What, what have you made of Longalai's performances? Sorry, who's Longalai? Oh, Longley. He um. It's difficult because he's filling the hole of Pau Torres, who's arguably been our best player this season. I think he's, you know, for someone that's just joined the club and and joined, you know, the the Premier League more generally, I think he's adapted so well. I think his first couple of games, I think he maybe struggled to adapt. But um, after Mm -hmm. that, he's he's been pretty integral to how we play. His his long Mm -hmm. balls from from deep have been have been really really useful in terms of how we play our game and how we um attack sides and longley has sort of debutized in in his his absence and tr- and sort of tried to play that role and has probably been instructed to play that role but i just don't think he's been as effective really he, he's in terms of quality he's just not at that Pau torres level and yeah. i think we've we 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 struggled as a result and and also i am a firm believer that particularly when it comes to the defense you don't want to disrupt that too much i think so much um so much about defensive strength is about mm-hmm. communication and and understanding the players around you and i think for the likes of concer who's been at played right back he's been at center back and longley who's come in and cash has mm-hmm. been in and out of the side and we've had um we've had on the left we've had moreno coming back in and dina been out and dina started it's been a bit of a ramshackle defense hasn't it um so um so it's just been yeah. a, it's one of those things we, it's, we've just been unfortunate in that in that part of the pitch having so many injuries but um yeah i think i think longley has has struggled i think he may be the first to admit that in the chelsea game he seemed to struggle. Didn't it look a bit shaky? 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I think he did. I think he did, and I think certainly against Newcastle, I think um, you know he 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 put in a decent block. I think uh, in the first half, but beyond that, mm-hmm. I don't think he was particularly influential. So it's a worry. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a concern. You know, t- with Torres' injury, it seems to be more significant than we were all perhaps were led to believe. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. Well, the good thing with the FA Cup, we, we, we've got the home advantage. Get the crowd behind the team. It's going to be a great atmosphere at Villa Park, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we've, we've been so strong at home this season. I think our record speaks for itself. Obviously, we were going to lose at home at some point, And, um, you know, that's what happened against Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, but that's inevitable. You know, teams will obviously lose at home. We can't, we can't keep, you know, um, unbeaten forever. But it's been, it's been certainly impressive. And hopefully, in the FA Cup against Chelsea, we uh, return to winning ways at Villa Park. Because that impressive record went on since last February, been unbeatable. Yeah, I mean, incredible. Villa Park. Know, for 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 a team like us to have that sort of record at home. Is phenomenal. You know, that's the sort of record that you know a team like Man City or or, or Liverpool will be would, would be happy with. So for for a club like us who were you know struggling in recent seasons in the Premier League and obviously before that in the Championship, we've um we've been it's been very very impressive and, and amazing to see. So we'll talk about your player of the matches then against Chelsea. Who was your player of the match? Oh, tough one. Um, probably Martinez. I think um I think you know he's 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 proven again why he's arguably or not even arguably he is the world's best keeper he he's won awards for it um he, he put in some some you know so he put in a really good shift particularly in the first half making some really important saves um and um yeah he was instrumental in in making sure that that game finished nil nil so for me against Chelsea it was it was Emiliano Martinez Good Martinez once again he was the star of the show had to make some decent size. Also, his reflexes and handling was good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think across the board, he's just, he's just fantastic. I think, yeah. I think his his leadership skills, as you say, his reflexes, his shot stopping, his positioning. You know, it's 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 an absolute joy to say that he plays for you know Aston Villa Football Club. Um, and hopefully, you know, he stays he stays with us for many more years to come. You know, me, me and Frankie on our recent show, we talked about which player would we yeah. um, least like to see leave the club. And, you know, Frankie made the point that Martinez would be almost irreplaceable. I, I think, to be fair, he's, he's right. I don't think we could get a better keeper than him. And the best goalkeeper in the world, Argentina, best goalkeeper in the world as well. Yeah, and he plays for us. And it's um, it's, it's amazing to... To see and and to see him progress at Villa as well. The fact that you know he was at Villa where he won the World Cup. He was at Villa where he won Copper America. Yeah. Um. You know, we I think we've been as instrumental to that happening for him as he has been for us. And um, it's I think it's a really strong relationship that the club and, and he have with each other. And uh, long may that continue. Well, look about Martinez as well. He's adapted to the sweeper keeper role really well. Yeah, well, that was a topic of discussion for a while, wasn't it? Could could Martinez adapt to what Emery wants to see from his goalkeeper? And I think when Emery first arrived, there was a little bit of a, of, I don't know, maybe sounded a bit like a storm in a teacup. Some reports that, Mart- that he wasn't happy with how Martinez played. He wasn't happy with Martinez's uh, behaviour during the World Cup, you know, 
being you know the character that he is. But I think that's all died down now. I think Emery appreciates what a fantastic goalkeeper he is. And and he's proven it. I think he's proven it by by adapting his game, adapting his performances, and um, and uh, yeah, I, I, you know his performance hasn't dipped at all under Emery. I think it's mm-hmm. it's only improved in my opinion. So yeah, hopefully he stays around with with him and and uh, with us for a, for a long time. You're that role it suits Emery's system really well. Playing out for the back, especially playing out for the back. Yeah, well, we all know how much Emery enjoys playing out from the back. That's that's quite indicative of of, of what he wants as a manager, uh, and um, and yeah, all all players have had to adapt to it. It's not just Martinez, yeah. you know, all, you know, all our defenders, Konza, Mings, yeah. Torres, you know, they've all had to do it, and and Martinez is just another player that's had to adapt. Good bit though, in the, in the defence and the goal came, like Manchester City, and Liverpool, they play in a similar way to that. Yeah, well, as templates go, they're not bad ones to follow, are they? You know, you want to be emulating the best teams in the in the league, best teams in the world, don't you? So, um, so if we can if we can play like that, and if we have the, yep. the players to play like that, which we're hopefully trying to to make sure that we have over the next few seasons, then the only way is up. Good we'll look about Martinez as well. He plays it out for the back. He's very confident with the ball at his feet as well. Yeah, well, I think confidence is key for any goalkeeper. I think, you know, if you look back over keepers we've had in the past, or your Nyland comes to mind. I know he didn't play much for Villa, but certainly I thought he lacked confidence. Uh, and it shows if you're if you're not a confident keeper, then then the opposition can prey on that. Um, I think to some extent, Robin Olsen lacks a bit of confidence. I think I think that yeah. that's been highlighted in some of his games. But. I think I don't think you can find a more confident goalkeeper in the league than Martinez. His his antics, you know, whether you, you like it or or don't, it just illustrates what a confident man and 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 player he is. And and I think that is to to his and our benefit. It's going to be difficult to get like a number two goalkeeper. Look, I've never got Alton, but he's been injured as the Alton. He has been, yeah, and we've um, we've loaned out uh, Philip Marshall, who played in the, the Conference League game a few weeks ago to MK Don. So he's he's not at the club anymore. You know, just following reports, we've we've certainly been linked with a number of goalkeepers um, who could potentially come in and, and play that number two. Uh, Joe Gauchi, um, the Australian goalkeeper who's away on Asian Cup duty at the moment, he seems to be the player that will come in and. Um, and play second fiddle to Martinez. But of course, it's it's always going to be difficult when you've got a world-class goalkeeper. In the same way, we've struggled to, to, to find a backup to Ollie Watkins. You know, they, they, are, they are players that will start every single game as our number nine and number one. So to find goalkeepers and strikers willing to play second fiddle to that is, is of a decent quality is always going to be difficult. So I'm going to talk about a negative now. So what is your thoughts for the Newcastle game on Tuesday night? Um, yeah, it was it was obviously disappointing. I think we went into it thinking because um, we have our performances just haven't been that good. I think ever, ever since the yeah. Man City game, where we put so much into that win, I don't know whether it's a it's a it's a lethargy mm-hmm. thing or whether it's a um, a psychological thing or a tactical thing, but we just haven't really been at the races since. And I think that all came to a head against Newcastle, where we just we were just second best to everything. Um, normally, our, our our defending from set pieces is is pretty good, but that's where we came unstuck against Newcastle. Yeah. Um, our ability to react to the second balls, 
um, was was off. Um, our passing control of the game was off, which is really unfortunate. As I said at Villa Park, where it's a fortress mm-hmm. or has been for for months, and we just weren't able to cope with the energy that Newcastle um, Newcastle had. And conversely, we couldn't convert the possession we had into any meaningful chances. The only difference, I think, was when Leon yeah. Bailey came came on, and and that was when we we looked to kind of turn the tide. But by that point, we'd all you know we were three 0 down, and 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 um, and we were struggling. I think you know if if Watkins has disallowed goal, the second goal that he mm-hmm. scored, um, you know if he wasn't offside, different game. it could have been a different game. But um, but he but he was offside correctly, correct decision from VAR. And um, and that sort of took the sting out a bit, a, a, a little bit, and we weren't able to to to, to claw our way back into the game. Then, I think since Christmas, I think our performance levels have dipped slightly. That's good. What we usually are. Yeah, I mean, um, we we've been so good this season. You know, people talking about us as potential title winners that it. <laughs> As much as it pains me to say it, I obviously want Villa to challenge for the title, but we're, course, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're not there yet. I just don't, you know, we're a work, we're still a work in progress. And um, I think expectations perhaps need to be um, reduced slightly. I, I still think we, we can have a fantastic season. I think if we make the Champions League, it would be absolutely phenomenal for us. We've made a couple of um, signings, obviously. Uh, in this transfer window, which yeah. hopefully will benefit us in the coming months, and we can maintain that that level. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think we just have to realise that games like Newcastle will happen. Performances like against Newcastle yeah. and Sheffield United and the, the disappointing results will happen, um, and we just have to accept that that's that's where we are at the moment. Does it? Can we go through a bit of a bad patch? But I think we'll get through it. I think. Yeah, I do too. And let, let's, you know, let's be honest. We are missing key players. I mentioned Paul Torres. He's been out. Well, he's a massive, uh, he's a massive loss. He's a huge loss. Um, Luca Dean as well. You know, he he was playing so well on the left. He was he's finding a lot of probably the best form of his Villa career up until his injury. And, and Moreno's come in and I think he struggled a bit, but then he's been away uh, injured for a long time. So he needs to build up a bit of form and fitness. Ditto uh, Jacob Ramsey. He's been, uh, you know, unfit for, for most of the season. So he's building he's building his own fitness up and hopefully that will benefit him uh, the more games he plays. So we've just we've just got to be patient with a few players and, and hopefully they'll come good sooner rather than later. Because yeah, we have Newcastle as well. well. I thought they physically outmatched us. In, in that game, yeah, I think they did. I think they had control of the game. It's a, it's a horrible cliche, but I think they wanted it more. You know, as I said, they were first mm-hmm. to the ball, balls. They seemed much more energetic. They they um, had had a bit more guile. Um, and um, and yeah, I have no complaints about about the result of performance. Sometimes you know you, you come away from games where, where we've lost and we've drawn, and you thought, oh, we've been unfortunate there, or we could have got something there. Mm-hmm. I, I think we kind of got what we deserved against Newcastle. With a Fabian Sharp, there's two goals. They could have been easily avoided, really. Yeah, well, as I say, when it comes to um, uh, set pieces, uh, we've been we've been pretty good in the main this season, and sort of managing players like Cher, you know, big centre halves who can get on the end of crosses. We've been we've been pretty good, but but against Newcastle, for whatever reason, we just didn't seem to to track him and um we just switched off i think particularly for his second goal we, we switched off the ball comes to him inside the six yard box and he pops it in and um yeah again it's it's a, it's a lack of um 
communication um, and a, a lack of a lack of awareness to, to, to kind of see who who is the threat. That, that Newcastle's front three, Gordon, Murphy, and Isaac, that causes a lot of problems with that running. The long ball over the top. Yeah, well, the long ball over the top has been a bit of an Achilles, Achilles heel, hasn't it, for us? I think I think teams know that that's a way to get at us because we we do play such a high line, um, and and you know that that can be a good way to 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 get us. I think particularly when you do have pacey players like Gordon, like Murphy, like Isaac, Ooh, yeah. who who can who can quite easily run in behind. And as I say, you know, we we just didn't have the legs to 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 to, to keep up with them, frankly. The thing that disappoints me the most in that Newcastle guy, the passing was sloppy. We're a possession based team. It must have frustrated Emery and the fans. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Emery often talks about control. He likes his team to control games. Uh, and and it wasn't until maybe the last 15 minutes of the game was was where we actually looked like we had a bit of control and we were we were playing it the way that we wanted to play it but as but as i say that was far too late by that point newcastle were three nil up and um and uh we just didn't have enough time um to to, to, to turn it around uh, but for the, yeah for the for the rest of the game the three quarters of that game we were poor in control uh and we got what we deserved you have to credit eddie howe because i think you got the guy in plan spot on i think eddie howe just got it spot on he did. Yeah, he did. I mean, you know, he he's, he deserves credit. He obviously took Newcastle to the Champions League last season. That's where we want to be this season. Um, you know, he's done he's done very well. I mean, to be fair to him as well, Newcastle have a lot of injury problems themselves. They've they, they managed it against Villa. But again, they've struggled for four. You know, they, they were struggling for form up until they played us. So injuries have hit them as they do hit clubs that have significant injury problems. But yeah, as I said, against Villa, he got he got it spot on. Um, his game plan was better than ours. And I think, you know, um, as good as Emery has been for us, I mean, he's been fantastic for us and I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to criticize him too much, but, but I think, I think tactically, uh, he got it wrong against Newcastle. And I think as well, um, you know, I was hoping that he'd bring on subs a, a bit mm -hmm. sooner too. I, I think, I think our inability to change the game with our subs sooner. Well, I think, I think Leon Bailey should have started. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, I would have loved him to start. Uh, he's been brilliant this season. But um, Emery did say after the game that he was a bit touch and go fitness wise. And that's well, so he had a knock, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emery said he had a knock, and so he didn't want to risk him um, at the start of the game. But you know, you could look at it two ways: do you start him and take him off, or do you, mm -hmm. um, or do you do what he did, which is bring him on? And and maybe what would have been better would have been maybe to start him. Um, you know. From the from the from the from the um, from the whistle, have a bit more intensity with Bailey in the side, rather than get to the point where we're chasing the game and have to bring him on. You can think with Leon Bailey, he might start maybe on Saturday. I hope so. I hope so, and I think his performance in his cameo role against Newcastle justifies him starting. He was good. I, he was brilliant. I mean, he was in his 15 minutes. He was the best player on the pitch. I mean, if you talk about man of the match for for Newcastle, I would say Bailey in in 10 minutes. So um, yeah, he, he he absolutely deserves to start against uh, Sheffield United. Um, 
but but whether you know he's fit enough to play 90 minutes, I guess we'll wait and see. So what do you expect for the Sheffield United game on Saturday? Well, it's going to be tough. I don't think we have the best record at Bramwell Lane. Um, it's always been a it's always been a game that I've sort of worried about historically. Uh, we we don't we don't we don't seem to win too many games in in Sheffield or at Bramwell Lane against United. But um, we have to go into it with some confidence that you know Sheffield United have struggled. I know they put in a good shift against us, and we were lucky to get a point at Villa Park a few weeks back. But we've got to go into it trying to get you know, put this blip behind us. Um, they're not in good form, Sheffield United. Um, obviously, they lost against uh, Palace uh, a couple of days ago. And, um, you know, we, we we have got quality players. And, and, and if they're all fit and firing, then, um, you know, we go in as favourites, absolutely. But we can't go into it with complacency. Yeah. That's, that, that's, the, that's the worry, isn't it? Because I think we were possibly a little bit complacent at Villa Park a few weeks ago. Hopefully that will be enough to give them a bit of a kick up the backside and, and, and go into it knowing that they need to be firing all cylinders to make sure that they get a win. Because no, no game in the Premier League is is easy. Um, and uh, any team could beat anyone. So we've got to go into it knowing that we, we've got to be at our game. You don't think Sheffield United in this game was set up very similar to last time. Men behind the ball uh, very stubborn. It's hard to break them down. Yeah, and and, and Chris Wilder is a very, um, uh, you know, he, he's he's a crafty coach. I think he'll um, he'll he'll set his players up in a in a way that he feels will obviously get get the, the best results for for Sheffield United. I, I mean, you know, if you're if you're in the relegation battle, home games are the games that you target as 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 wins. They're they're the ones that you want to. Um, to get the three points in and he'll be looking at the game against Villa, looking at our recent fixture and uh, results and form and thinking, you know, we can, we can get something here. Um, Brereton Diaz has been a really, really good signing for them. He's obviously got two goals in two games for them. So he's certainly a man in form and one to watch. Um, So yeah, we've got, we've got to be careful. We've got to be on our game because, you know, wins aren't guaranteed in the Premier League. So we've got to be, be aware of that. Because Sheffield United, they're going to try and soak up the pressure and catch us on the break. I think that would be their guy plan. Yeah, well, you know, they've they've obviously got Cameron Archer there now, don't they? And he he obviously uh, punished us a few weeks ago. Um, I don't think he he started against Crystal Palace, um, but you know, it might be one of those things where Wilder thinks, well, he scored against them a couple of weeks ago. It's his former club. There's maybe added motivation for him, so maybe he might get a start against um, against us. Um, so you know. It wouldn't be nice to see him score against us again, um, but yeah, they've they've got they've got you know a number of good players. Um, you know, Gust- uh, uh, Hamer, who who was mm-hmm. made a name for himself at, at Coventry, was uh, you know he's, he's still struggling for a bit of form, but we know he's been a quality player in the Championship. So we yeah we've got to be we've got to be on our guard. We've got to be careful. We've got to make sure that we we do the business and focus on ourselves and make sure that we have the quality on Saturday to beat them. Yeah, but with Sheffield United, another way they can score. It's brilliant, but maybe from a set piece or their physical presence, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as you say, I think when when you're struggling in the, in the Premier League, I think you you do become perhaps more reliant on being um, rigid, on being difficult to beat, difficult to break down, and and looking for those few opportunities from free kicks and from set pieces, corners, 
to get the goals that will hopefully win you the game. Um, you know, we went through that phase uh, when Dean Smith was manager. After the COVID break, we, we became a lot more resolute and um, focused on the defence, and, and that paid dividends in the end. So Sheffield United are, are probably trying to do exactly the same thing. Um, and, you know, with a, with a, with a you know, full crowd behind them at Bramall Lane, they, they, it, it will be difficult. It's, it's another evening kickoff. Um, that creates a different atmosphere as well. We have to be prepared for that. Um, and um, yeah, we have to make sure that our quality um, shows. I think this is a must-win game. I think we could do with three points. Yeah, I, I think I think on many levels we 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 need to win the game. Um, not only as a confidence booster and to say you know we're over this little mini blip that we've um, we've got ourselves in, but also just on a purely practical level. Obviously, we, a couple of weeks ago we were vying for second in the table, even even first at one point, and now we're down to fifth with with the teams around us winning. So you know to keep up with the pack, we've got to make sure that we are um, we're also beginning to win games again. That's not to say that the teams above us won't also go through mm -hmm. a blip in form, but we've seen with, with Liverpool, um, perhaps motivated by Klopp's uh, announcement that he's leaving, that they're on fire. Um, you know, they, they, they put Chelsea mm -hmm. to the sword yesterday. Man City with De Bruyne back are looking ominous again. Uh, Arsenal won again. Uh, Tottenham uh, won, and they'll have Son back from the Asia Cup fairly soon. So, you know, it's going to be hard, but we, we need to make sure that we, um, we, we, we stick with it. Stick with them. So, what's your Michael Chris Wilder? Well, yeah, I think he's a very canny manager. Um, obviously, things weren't going well with Hecking Bottom, so they made the change to to bring him back. Obviously, under Wilder, the last time they were in the Premier League, at least in their first season, they did tremendously well. Um, and the season they went that went down. Yeah. I think they were quite unlucky. I, I think um, in many in many games they were very much in it. They just didn't. They, they perhaps just lacked the quality to stay in the Premier League that season, um, and they made this, the decision to to uh, to to go with other managers. Hecking Bottom obviously got them up, but um, but so far they have struggled. Um, and and Wilder was reappointed to try and get them out of the of the of the relegation zone that they're in. I mean, they are bottom of the league. It is going to be very yeah. difficult for them to stay up. But they obviously feel that Wilder is a man who knows the club. He's a Sheffield United fan himself, obviously, that he can, you know, have the Dean Smith effect and and um, and keep them up again. But was it that season that we was in that relegation battle? But did Sheffield United finish eighth, or was it the season before? They it got was, close I think, to Europe. Yeah, they did. They did. They, they came very close to Europe. That was the first season they came up. And they were a bit of an unknown entity, I think. I think they, you know, they had players like John Lundstrom. He was he was instrumental in uh, in in helping them achieve what they did that season. But then the following season, to be fair, that was also the COVID season, so it was very disrupted. They were also the team that we scored, or they scored that ghost goal that wasn't given. If yes, you remember. I remember talking, that. Yeah, talking about Nyland and lack of confidence. You know, it was him who <laughs> sort of fell fell into the net. But obviously, thankfully for us, that goal wasn't given, even though obviously it did cross the line. So, um, so yeah, there's a bit, there's a bit of interesting history between us, a recent history between us. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure all focus will be on the present uh, on Saturday and making sure that we we get the three points. Because Sheffield United, I described them as they don't really play the most attractive football. Look at average team, right? But sort of average, really, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean. You know, as I said, they've still got players that can hurt teams. As, as I said, Bereton mm -hmm. Diaz seems to be a very shrewd signing. 
Um, you know, we saw Archer score against us the other day. Um, you know, there's a few other players that that um, that, that on their day can 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 score goals and, and hurt teams. Um, I just think you know there is a, there is you know potentially a, a lack of quality there, and 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 the Premiership can be. Um, a very unforgiving place, you know. It, it, you can probably get away with more in the championship, but it, but if you make one mistake in the Premier League, then chances are the quality of the opposition will punish you. And I think that's what they found out. So overall, what what have you made of Sheffield United this season? Um, yeah, I mean, I think Sheffield United fans would be the first to say that it has been disappointing. I, I think they probably want to be more competitive than they have been. You know, no team wants to be languishing foot of the table in in February, knowing that. You know, they've only got a few weeks and a few matches to, to save themselves. Um, but, you know, they're not down yet. Um, they have to they have to kind of motivate themselves to to try and get out of it. I mean, yeah. look at Luton. Look at look at Luton, Luton Town at the moment. You know, Ooh, they, yeah. they had a crushing win against Brighton the other day. And, and it just goes to show that even on paper, if you look at a team that individual players, you'd think they're not Premier League quality. If they if, if you play as a team. Um, and, 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 you know, there's a strength in a, in a unit, then you can get results. And I think they have to look at a, a club like Luton and see them as, as, a, as, a, as a model to follow. Because Sheffield United, I mean, they do concede a few goals. If they could take that out of the guy, they might, might be doing a bit better. They've got the conceders better. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I, th- I think, I think if um, a lot of managers will say that, that the, the building blocks of success is making sure you have a good defence. If you keep the ball out of the net, then you've got a chance of you've got a chance of at least getting a point, haven't you? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I think focus on defence is is key. Obviously, as a fan, you want to see goals scored, but I think, as I say, um, in their position at the moment, it's all about just getting points, getting points on the board, uh, and whether it's it's particularly great game to watch from an aesthetic perspective is is kind of neither here nor there. It's at that stage at, at that that position in the table it's just about getting points on the board it's just about you know clawing through games and and trying to get enough points to stay up so george what is your score prediction for saturday um i think i think it will be difficult i really want us to i really want us to um to control a game we haven't controlled the game in, in, in a long time um and dominate the football does it dominate possession yeah exactly i mean that's that's what i'd like to see i just think we're still you know we're lacking in a bit of confidence we're we're probably still going to be without torres um you know we we still have a few lingering injury problems which are hurting us and our away form isn't isn't fantastic this season um so with all that taken into consideration i i do think i do think we will win but I don't think it will be particularly pretty, uh, and I think I think it might be one nil to the Villa. I'm going to go a three one away win. Well, I'd love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see that. Um, what? Why? Why? Why do you think three one? Um, I think it's that sort of game where I think uh, we can maybe catch them on the break. I think with the pace, our pace. I think. Yeah, and I think I think you know if Bailey is fit and he starts, he's definitely a, a player that can hurt them. 
I think Diaby has struggled for form, unfortunately, this season. But but then so did Bailey last season. You know, in in the yeah. first season, I think I think you got to you got to consider that when you talk about a player that's just joined us or joined us in the summer, it can take a bit of time for them to 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 get to grips with things. So I've got no issue with Diaby, but I think given his form and the way he's been playing, and if he's fit, Bailey has to start for me. Uh, and I think if he does, then he can cause Sheffield United all sorts of problems. Well, what do you think Diaby has like been a bit poor recently? Like, he hasn't been at his best, really. What do you think that is, Lord? I think, I think it's it's, you know, I think when, when, he started off the season really well, <clears throat> and I think with some players, there's a honeymoon period. You know, you join a club, you you score a few goals, people start talking you up and 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 you know, calling you this, that, and the other. And I think you know that can that can probably put quite a lot of pressure on your shoulders to continue that form. And then when you maybe get a bit of a niggle or, or, or your form dips slightly. It can be difficult psychologically perhaps to get yourself back up to that level, particularly when you are unfamiliar with the league or unfamiliar with the teams that you're playing against, the tactics you're coming up against. And as I said, you know, I think Leon Bailey is a classic example of that. Last, you know, last season he he was in Diaby's shoes, uh, struggled for form, struggled for fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there, were, there are some fans that were saying that, you know, if we received a decent offer for Bailey, we, we, we should have let him go in the summer. But obviously I'm so glad we didn't because he's been absolutely brilliant for us this year. And um, I think Diaby can sort of follow in his footsteps. I think, you know, another season under his belt, I think we'll see the, the real Diaby next year. It might be Emery, maybe needs to tweak the system, maybe a little bit or something. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, you know, let's not forget um, another injury issue that we have at the moment is the fact that um, John Duran is out for a number of weeks too. Yeah, yeah. So, so that puts us in a bit of a disadvantage because Watkins is frankly our only fit striker. Um, we've we've seen recently that, that Emery is keen for Zaniolo to to play uh, as as a second striker, but that's not his natural position. Um, we've obviously seen Diaby play up there again. I'm not entirely sure that that's his natural position either. He's definitely much more of a Leon Bailey type winger. So, um, so that's another conundrum that Emery needs to to solve. Rogers is is obviously an attacking player. Um, we've obviously just signed him today, um, but I don't know how much he will factor in the team up until the end of the season. You know, he's he's very young. He's quite raw. He's only 21. He looks a big lad. Um, I saw the pictures this morning of of, of him shaking hands with with Monchi, yeah. and he, and he's a he's he's a he doesn't lack physicality by the looks of things. So hopefully he'll play he'll play a part. But he's another dimension in that sort of front frontal area of the team. So we'll see how that develops too. Rogers, he's got a lot of potential. Yeah, well, he well he comes from good stock. You know, he, he's, a, he's he he started off at. Um, He's in West Brom, wasn't it? He's an, he's another sort of West Brom youth player that Villa have signed. Joined join the club. He is from Hells Owen, that's right. So he's come home. Um, you know, a graduate of Man City's Academy, where we've seen so many talented players uh go and come through. And he's been at Middlesbrough for a for half for half a season, just over half a season, and, and by all accounts has done really well. So yeah, he's certainly one for the future, but hopefully he can he can play a part this season too. And he's got a twenty-seven shirt as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that. I don't know if that's like his his shirt. I don't know what his shirt number was at Middlesbrough, or maybe it's just one of those ones where it's handed to him because all the other shirts have been taken because they were given out at the start of the season. But um, yeah, it'd be nice to see number twenty-seven out of Villa Park. That's for sure. And uh, George, I'll just go and drink a water. Okay, no problem.
Well, George, I was going to talk about Paul uh, Torres. So why do we miss Torres so much when he's not playing? Well, I think he's just the calibre of player. I, I mean, obviously, we talked about his tactical ability and, 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 and what he does for the team. And obviously, when he does play, he's someone that likes to get forward. He likes to, to spray long balls forward. And, he's, and he's so, his passing range is impeccable. And I think he's just doing exactly what Emery hoped he would do when he signed him. I think I think he fills that role in Emery's team really, really well, to the extent where any player that comes in to replace him, like Longley or anybody else for that matter, I think they struggle to to replace him because because frankly his 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 role in the side, as far as I'm concerned, is is, is quite irreplaceable. And also his 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 just his caliber. You know, he's a Spanish international. He was one of those players that was linked with, you know, massive clubs uh, when we signed him. So, um, so he he comes with this air of quality um, that that frankly is just hard to replace. You know, we we talk about irreplaceable players like like Martinez and and maybe like Watkins too, where you know if they're injured, then then no matter who we bring in, we're going to struggle to we're just going to struggle to replace them because they're just quality players. Because with Paul Torres, intelligent footballer, he always starts off attacks as well. Yeah, I mean, so many of our goals have started with with Paul Torres. Um, the, Arsenal, you know, the Arsenal goal? Yeah, yeah, exactly, that Arsenal goal. Um, and OK, there might be a few other transitions of play after the ball is played by Torres, but he's the one that starts it all off. You know, some, sometimes goals have been scored with just a long ball that he pumps forward and... You know, it, it, we we get a goal direct from him, or, or or it's played forward, and someone else gets an assist. But yeah, but the the, the origin of the goal seems to always be Pal Torres. So um, so I don't think you can you can really underestimate his his influence on the team. Because we are better with uh, I think with all fit, but as we can't supply his right back, you got not Pal Torres and, and Diego Carlos. Yeah, I mean. I like all those players. I think, personally, for me, Conta's best position is centre-back with Torres in the middle. Yeah. I, know, I know people have been talking about, you know, Cash as, a, 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 as someone that, that, that we need to look at in terms of upgrading uh, in the summer. We've obviously signed um, um, uh, the, the Serbian uh, full-back, haven't we, um, from, from Red Star Belgrade, and Nadelkovic. Nadelkovic, that's um, so, but obviously he's staying out with uh, with Red Star until until the summer. So it'll be interesting to see how he's embedded into the into the squad. He's also another young player, which seems to be a theme of players we're signing at the moment. Um, but um, but but yeah, for, for me, Concer and 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 Torres have formed a really good relationship as, as centre halves. Obviously, we have still got Mings to return. Oh yeah, got um, Mings. Yeah, and 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 you know, Carlos is is a, is a great understudy. I mean, you know, Long lays on loan. Will he? There's, there'll be question marks over whether we make a permanent move for him. Um, so there's, yeah, there's there's lots to think about. Um, but I just think it would be nice to just have a solid defensive unit, um, one where where through injury or, or, or form we're not chopping and changing as much as we we have done. So let's talk about the last topic, George. So if you could write the transfer window. Out of ten, our transfer window. What would you give it? 
It's really difficult because we seem to have changed transfer policy. You know, under Gerard, there was much more focus on signing experienced players like uh, Felipe Coutinho and uh, Luca Dean, players that had built up a reputation in, in the Premier League as, as solid, you know, more, even more than solid, good Premier League players. Now under Monchi, it seems that we're targeting younger players who perhaps haven't made a name for themselves. So to be honest, it's very difficult for me to say until I sort of see these players uh, play. Um, you know, with, with, with Rogers, he's had a good spell with Middlesbrough, as I say. But, you know, can he make the step up to the Premier League? We have to wait and see. Um, with Djokovic, he's obviously back in, in Serbia playing for Red Star. Again, he probably comes with um, with a certain reputation, but we'll have to wait and see on, uh, with him too. Um, and um, and yeah, um, we've obviously signed uh, the player from from Arsenal today. His name escapes me, um, but he's a youth player that uh, we've loaned out to Plymouth now. Yeah, um, like we did um, Kane, Kessler, Hayden, and, and Finazaz this season. So it seems like a, a club that quite likes taking our players yeah. on loan. Um, so we, we have to wait and see on him, but, but I'm excited. I, I, you know, I, I love seeing young players coming in and, and, and doing well, and hopefully they, um, they can do the business for us. Well, with you know, Emery and Monchi, it really shows their vision into the future. They're looking into the ahead, not, not here and now, not the future. Yeah. And I think it's, it's smart from a, from a, um, from a financial perspective, because obviously, you know, players are coming in for, for not much in terms of transfer weight, in terms of transfer fees, probably not much either in terms of wage demands. So if it doesn't work out, then, you know, you Get can kind of profit. Cut, yeah. Well, you can, you could, if it doesn't work out, you cut your losses and, and it's not as impactful as if you signed a, mm -hmm. a player for a lot of money on big wages it doesn't affect you as financially, and also if they do do well, then as you say, you can you can sell them at a massive profit, which which benefits us. And everybody's thinking about financial fair play at the moment. We've all seen what's happened to Everton. We've all seen what's going on with Nottingham Forest as well at the moment, and issues at other clubs as well. So we're yeah, I think we're hyper aware of of what we need to do financially, and and these are the sorts of players that we probably need to focus mm -hmm. on buying if we're going to be sustainable long term. I don't think that the end of the Duncan line move to Napoli is a good move. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do as well. I mean, it perhaps impacts us in terms of um, in terms of our, our squad depth. You know, Dendonka, he's, he's a seasoned professional. He's, he's, he's been there and done that at a few clubs. He's a Belgian international. But, you know, you're looking at it and thinking, you know, what sort of wages was he on? Um, is he playing enough to justify those wages? Um it's 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 that sort of thing, and I I think we just have to sort of bear you know bear that in mind when we're when we're making these these decisions in the transfer. Well, Stephen Gerrard saw him as well. He saw Dan Dunker. He did, and it goes back to what I was saying about his his method was signing more experienced players, uh, players of a certain age who'd had a certain amount of experience, a certain amount of games in the Premier League, and it seems that Emery is is sort of going back the other way now. And, and signing players who, who perhaps are a bit raw but have a lot of potential. Well, we'll go over a little look before we finish, George. I just let out some comments. Let's have a little look. Let's just have a little look. Yeah, yeah have a look at that, will you? Dear Marco Huggins, we are still building and 
as I said, the, the Red Brick Palace was not built in a day. I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that too. I think, as I said, it's um, it's a work in progress, so we just need to to stick with it. Yeah, obviously, the Michael Huggins, we, ha- we had injuries all season, but no one wants to talk about. A little look through one more. Let's see what Gordon, I'll just go Gordon said, actually. Yeah, Gordon Heath, we might be playing Plymouth if we both win our replays. Yeah, to be, to be honest, I think Plymouth would be the team I'd like to play because we seem to be developing quite a rapport with them, don't we? As I mentioned, Finnezaz went on mm-hmm. loan. Um, he's now been sold to Middlesbrough, who he signed, obviously, um, Morgan Rogers from. Uh, and, um, and yeah, Kane Kessler-Hayden, he's back at Villa Park now. And, um, yeah, so we've got, we seem to have a good connection with Plymouth and they're, um, they're an up-and-coming side in the Championship. I, I hope they do well. So let's hope so. Hopefully we'll get to the last 16, hopefully. That'd be nice. Well, I'm going to bring this episode to a close, George. Thank you everyone for watching. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a like, share and subscribe to my channel. I'm getting very close to 700 subscribers now. So remember to make sure to get your post notifications turned on so you don't miss out on new content. Also, let me know your thoughts in the comment section as well. If you just scroll up a little bit, just a minute, minute, minute. Oh, I thought. Oh, thank you, thank you so much, George, for your time. You're very welcome, Chad. It's been it's been very, very, very good talking to you. And um, yeah, anytime you want to talk about the villa with me again, let me know. I'm going to wrap up this episode with up the villa. <laughs>